Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jane Taylor here with Focus Collegiate founder Grant Liebersberger. Hi, Grant. Hello, Jane. This week, our topic is resilience. The pandemic has been a global demonstration of our need for it, certainly. Resilience is the ability to adapt and thrive despite adversity. We've seen how resilience plays out in business. Adaptation has become the key to success. Well, not even success, business survival. The same thing is also true for college students. The development and cultivation of resilience is one of the primary predictors for college success. Psychologist Angela Duckworth calls it grit, which feels a little bit like a Mad Max film, but maybe that's appropriate for college. Duckworth says, grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is staying with your future day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years. Grit is living life like a marathon, not a sprint. It sounds like a tall order for a college student. Grant, how important is resilience, or as Angela Duckworth calls it, grit, for college students who learn differently? We tend to use the words interchangeably. I think uh, Angela Duckworth, who I have a mad crush on, has able to break down resiliency into kind of what, how do you identify it? And what are some of the components that you can target in order to practice it, which is one of the core components of building grit or resiliency. There's generally four, there's interest, practice, purpose, and hope. And those four components really drive grit or resiliency. And in the context of a young adult with a learning difference, oftentimes our students, as they go through high school, are supported appropriately through the individualized education plan or through other collateral service providers. And it's a double-edged sword because fortunately they build skills and they're able to persevere in their high school setting despite what their lagging skills are. But the other point is that when they are over-supported, sometimes they don't build that resiliency. They're kind of dragged through the process. And so therefore, when they land in a novel college setting that isn't so structured, that it really tests what reserves a student has. Or I often define resiliency as the ability of a student to bounce back. And Mm -hmm. we see invariably there are bumps in the road or friction in a college student's first semester. And when those bumps in the road occur, then we kind of see what we have. And so resiliency is important because invariably there will be challenges. And how does a, does a student fall apart? Or is a student able to get back up off the mat, as they say in sports metaphor? Mm-hmm. What do those bumps in the road look like? Well, it's one of the reasons why we at Focus Collegiate focus not just on academics in terms of a domain. We have academics, we have the life skills, we have the social integration, and then the global executive functioning that goes along with all of those four characteristics. And so 
we focus on each of those domains in order to, uh, because you don't know which one is going to impact the other. The result of a failed social relationship on the ability of a student to go back to that same class the next week, mm. uh, or, yeah. or the impact of a failed exam on a student's willingness to get up off the mat and take a shower and call it another day the next day. And so all of those things impact each other. And our ability to predict what is going to slow up a college student is only as good as the crystal ball that we pull out <laughs> in the admissions process. And I don't know, 75% of the time, it's the thing that you hadn't thought of that it creates the bump in the road. And, uh, and it's oftentimes the thing that the student is least ready for. Yeah. It seems that you have a pretty good crystal ball. I think that the learning agenda, the support agreement, student support agreement, all of these, even the initial interview process that you have with students gives you a pretty great foundation for being able to predict some of these bumps. I, th I think it gives us insight into the students' capabilities so that uh, the little bumps don't become bigger because we're able to scheme or address or have conversations about what it will look like should this occur. And mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time with our students kind of gaming out what, uh, what a specific scenario may look like relative to their learning profile based on what we know about the student uh, and what we know about the system that they're about to enter into. Again, some universities are warm and fuzzy and some are very bright line in terms of success or failure. And so we have to tweak our supports based on this, not only the student profile, but also the system that they're going into. Mm -hmm. It's interesting and sort of fun that you use the word gaming because it strikes me that our population of college students are interested in gaming. <laughs> it's not, I love that we have that language. So tell me, how does Focus Collegiate help students build resilience? Yeah. I think I'll go back to your uh, quote from Angela, the grit is passion and, and perseverance for very long-term goals. That is quite consistent with what we do when we are utilizing the intentional change theory. And if, if you're a consumer of this podcast, we've talked about this in the past. The intentional change theory is having a dialogue with our student about their vision for their future. And by putting all of the, our conversations in this context, we're, we are focusing on the marathon. We're not focusing on the day-to-day. In homage to Angela and to our intentional change theory, we are in fact building resiliency number one by focusing on the long term and on the vision. So that's the first component. Once you've identified your learning agenda through the intentional change theory, then it gives you an opportunity to practice. And that's what we do. Part stage four of the intentional change theory is practice and implementation. So by mm -hmm. a student practicing their building grit or resiliency, by them communicating a personal vision, they are developing purpose. By us helping them identify and take classes that are in their interest area, that is also building grit and resilience, not necessarily uh, doing classes right from the beginning that have no relevance. We know that relevance is actually pretty core 
to resiliency. And so mm-hmm. making sure that what, what they're doing, at least in the very short term while they're building resiliency, is in their area of interest. And then finally, by having the students have a successful first semester, and it's all about the first semester with our students, they tend to get a win. And when they have a win, they have hope. And that mm. kind of completes the circle of building mm-hmm. resiliency with our students. What form does practice take? I just imagine practicing public speaking or something, for example, or practicing push-ups every day. What is what does practice look like? Well, practice is being a college student, frankly. It's an experiential learning model. And our job is to help the student translate the experience in the context of their strengths and their learning agenda and what they've identified that they personally want to work on. What we do is when we are talking with our students on a, you know, on a, on a basis that is consistent with their student support agreement that we've defined with them, we, instead of addressing everything, we are slimming down our conversations to address the things that are the most important, the things that we've identified prior to the semester as key touch points so that we can get rid of some of the clutter and really focus on because there's obviously there's so many things going on at once for a college student that we just intend to focus on the things that we agreed to and therefore we are practicing intentionally. Mm-hmm. Looking at the Duckworth model, passion and perseverance for long-term goals, how, just speaking personally, I'm not a big long-term planner and my goals change. How does Focus Collegiate address the changing goals? I can imagine someone in college is just sort of figuring out who they are as an adult and their goals might change. How do you address that? The first thing we do is we help our students understand that changing goals is okay. You know, you're not necessarily locked into being an engineer even though that's what you thought math and science was cool and you're headed to a polytechnic institute of some place, that uh, you can't turn around and want to be a sound engineer or turn around and be a music major. Even if you're going to uh, an institution that is focused in one area, giving our students the ability to have an out that it's not, life isn't so necessarily so rigid, which also leads to some more flexible thinking on on behalf of our students, it's not all or nothing. It's not all black and white. I think that's a component of, of it is just allowing our students the capability of shifting their goals and having a trusting and resonant relationship enough with the students so that that's okay. That's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And again, the intentional change theory is a secular process. So we are always, when we're asking our students to communicate what their vision of their future is like, it's not so much about long-term planning as it is holding a space for what you want the future to be or the eventuality to be. What are you working towards? You know, it could be two cats in the yard and, you know, a clappered house in the Cape, or it could be, I want to live in Manhattan and be a, a neuroscientist at NYU. It could be any of these things, but it doesn't have to be super concrete enough to create steps in order to achieve. It's not a lockstep ladder. In fact, mm-hmm. we're holding the vision 
more for resiliency and volition purposes rather than creating a, a stepladder of skills and checkboxes to get there. So when the going gets tough and the student has to access some of their well of resiliency, we are pointing mm -hmm. towards what they said that their goals were in order to be able to refocus in the moment. Hmm. When you were talking about students thinking flexibly in terms of possibly changing majors or redefining their goals or their direction, it sounds like flexible thinking is also something we need to find in the parents as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we, you, you would be loath to get anywhere if you're not addressing the entire family system in a freshman or beyond year. We've developed a fairly, uh, fairly comprehensive parent support model that is in conjunction with Wise Roots Parenting, um, which allows our parents to go through modules of kind of training or at least conversations, uh, philosophical and practice oriented that are designed to pivot a parent from a period of time in which they have been really supporting the student to pivot them to a more developmental appropriate uh, type of relationship with their young adult. How you do that is, again, it's not an appearance job description to watch their kid fail so that you do what you need to do in order to have your child persevere, at least at high school. But now that they're going to college and they have to operate independently how do you let go of some of those practiced behaviors that you've gotten into in terms of a routine? Oftentimes, because our fear is that parents over-functioning prevents the development of that grit and resiliency that we really need our students to have. Mm -hmm. Back to the parents again, it sounds like parents also need resilience. <laughs> when, you've, when you've supported your young person, and you know that there are challenges and roadblocks. And with all of our children, our, you know, our instinct is to protect them. And mm -hmm. um, sadly, that's not going to work <laughs> in this context. A student needs to be able to hopefully surround themselves with greater and greater systems in, uh, in support in order to keep this enterprise called college moving forward because the student isn't under the parent's roof anymore. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, they have to, it's not, it's not sink or swim, but exposing students to increased amounts of calculated risks are going to build grit. I promise mm -hmm. you. I love that the four qualities of resilience that Duckworth talked about, interest, practice, purpose, hope, that hope is an integral part of an educational support system is just a fabulous concept. Keep hope alive. Keep these students focused on their goals. Keeping them hopeful is a very refreshing concept. If you think about it, without hope in the face of doing something that's perceptively incredibly hard, you can imagine the headwinds being that much stronger. So having us being able to reflect on a student success and building hope is, it's about as important as anything that we do. And that therefore we need to understand our students and their own evaluation of their own successes in order to be able to reflect that back to them and reinforce some of the hope. Because otherwise, I guess the question could be, why are we doing this? Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place for us to end with hope 
Thanks again. Really interesting. I'm looking forward to reading Duckworth's Grit. <laughs> Enjoy. I think I've been through it about five times myself, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks again, Jane. Appreciate it. Thank you.